Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Above the Bar podcast. For each week, we belly up to the bar with a new guest, find out what they do, who they are, and what makes them great. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Above the Bar podcast. It's your host, Sean. We are bellying up to the bar today with probably the second, well, maybe the third biggest state that we're just, we're making it happen. Uh, I will probably say, though, it might be, it's definitely coming in close second for the most guests from state. We have a gentleman with us today who, if you've been following, you already know who it is. But let's see, he had a birth this year. He had sobriety this year. He bought a murder house this year. He um, wrote a book this year. Um, he'll probably tell me that, hey, you missed this, this, and this this year. Uh, he might have got his toes done, uh, maybe shaved. I, I don't know. Like there was just in our conversation, uh, this gentleman has had many, many things go on. So we got to welcome our guest, bellying up to the bar today, today with us, Mr. Nathan Truzio. I almost messed it up. <laughs> Truziolino. Truziolino. Truzzolino. Yep. Truzzolino. Yeah, you got yeah. it. You got it. Truzzolino. Uh, Nathan, welcome to the bar, brother. Thank you, Sai. I appreciate it. See, I didn't know you were going to get applause also, did oh, you? Oh, well, that's the first time ever. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we, all, we all deserve a little. Uh, we. You, oh, look at this. What's Gianna? What's uh, up? Uh we are we are hanging hanging out today. Uh, it's just you know it's a great day. So welcome. And, and if you can't figure, I'm curious how many people can figure out where he's from. When I throw out there that the second most guests come from, I I want to say second most guests come from this this state. Uh, I'm really I'm I'm almost guessing because it was weird. We had like a whole run in this state. Huh. Cool. And I'll give you all. I could give a hint, but I think it would give give it all away it was only be like two words would give the whole entire thing away right oh yeah well but they just did a new movie out there too there's a big movie on netflix from out there that's right yes kirsten dunst i need to watch it here's your here's your hint netflix just released a movie with kirsten dunst uh her boyfriend who really is probably the luckiest redhead on the planet because he doesn't look like he belongs with her and um better to Cumberbatch is all in this movie in this state. So let's see if anybody can figure out who, where that is. But before we get into talking with Nathan, got to do got to do house cleaning. As always, folks, over my right shoulder, sticker and a cause. If you got something that you're supporting, you wrote a book, you found a murder house, you had a baby, and you made a sticker for all those things, which could be our next new sticker, murder house baby. <laughs> could be a thing. Um, it, it could be like a baby sitting on a murder house holding a bottle of water. Yeah, there you go. And that would be the Nathan sticker. <laughs> that would be perfect. That's good. We're figuring it out right now. But if you got that sticker, make sure you send it over to us. We'll put it up on the board. We'll read it. Whatever your cause is, you can always reach me at the Above the Bar podcast on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitch. Uh, our email is the Above the Bar podcast at gmail.com. Our Twitter is the only one that's goofed up is at uh, at above the bar four. 
So you can send that, that on over to us and we'll do that. And uh, also, we always got to thank our sponsor who uh, helped get me on the right path this week for getting our media out. Uh, media by Dibs. Uh, media by Dibs is your source for all things media. Whatever you got, if you have a podcast or a book or something like that and you're looking for a logo, you're looking for videos, reach out to Dibs. He's at Media by Dibs on uh, Facebook, Instagram. His LinkedIn is actually just Andrew Dibble. Reach out to Andrew and let him know you're going to go ahead and uh, belly up to the bar. And as soon as you say that, he's going to give you a 10% discount. And he's going to go ahead and uh, give you a free consultation. So that's everything. The bar is open. Nathan. Perfect. Should we tell him where you're from now, Nathan, or we're going to keep him hanging? Uh, let's just, yeah, let's do the reveal. Let's do it. All right. So does anybody, so whoever's watching right now, we got three three viewers, two on uh, the YouTube page and one on one out there. Uh, you're still waiting on your shirt. Well, send me a message. I don't know. I have to send you a message. Send me a message, Gianni, and I'll, I'll send you a shirt. I don't know why you're still waiting on a shirt. Send me a, send me a message and I'll, I'll get it out there to you. Uh, so he's from Missoula, Montana. That's like our biggest one. We've had uh, Sarah, Crosby, Crosby nailed it. <laughs> you know who Crosby is? I don't know who Crosby is. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. That's a Say, well, it is. Boy. Yeah. Uh, well, Crosby, you're absolutely right. Cause for some, absolutely Gianni, uh, we have like this big run. It was, well, first it was Tim. Yeah, and then then it was a uh, uh, then it was uh Patrick Cutler, who's another one of our guests. He lives out in Deer Plain or Deerfield. Uh, Deer Lodge, I believe. Deer yeah. Lodge. That's yeah. it. Do you know? Do you know Patrick? Uh, I've I've uh, I came across his stuff on Instagram one time where he's like he's a filmmaker and mm-hmm. he does like these horror movies and he runs this like thriving uh, theater company in Deer Lodge, which. If you don't know what Deer Lodge, it's a prison town. That's where our state prison's at. So you would never guess there's something like that there. So I was really amazed to hear something like that was there. That's awesome. Yeah, and he's doing great with it, and he's out there. And then keep it moving along. We had another gentleman that was like 45 minutes from there, which I'd have to go back, and uh, that's a special one. That would be the show that we got into. Um, Afterlife. Jesus and lizard people. <laughs> there you go. That sounds like uh, some spots in Montana I could name. <laughs> Bro. And it was like, that was, that was a special kind of show. So, so we hinted at all these things that happened in your life this week. Um, right. A lot of people, you know, and, and let me throw this out here. A lot of us have, have looked at 2020 and 2021 and went like, it's, it's jacked up. It's all, all messed up. I had this horrible thing, that horrible thing. And then you turn around and you talk to someone like yourself and you're like, yeah, no, this was my years of great awakening. I was able to kind of reflect on myself and go, you know, I'm bullshitting around. I need to fix some things. And you did it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, between the 12 months of 2020 and 2021, uh, roughly, um, uh, it, it's pretty well. I was just thinking about it where um, all the crazy things that happened to me during that time were not COVID related. There was nothing really that happened because of COVID in my life um, in that stretch of time. So what happened was um, two weeks before my son, uh, Brion was born, my mom passed away and um, unexpectedly. And she was um, kind of in the throes of alcoholism. And that's... Okay. 
um, you know, that's ultimately what, what got her in the end. Um, and before that, you know, I was probably eight or nine months sober um, myself where I kind of, I kind of attribute it to you where my heritage is uh, like the, the Michael Jordan and Scotty Pippen of, of drinking. <laughs> um, you know, I'm like, I'm pretty good at it. So red, I, red wine I, and whiskey. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm very, I'm very native American and very Irish. So, um, uh, even though if my last name kind of betrays that, uh, heritage, but, uh, so yeah, so alcohol just isn't the best thing for me. I have nothing against it. Um, I drank for a long time and had a great time. I'm just one of those people that, uh, who can't do that and that's okay. A lot of people around me still drink. Um, I'm in a beer league hockey team, which, um, everyone around me drinks but everyone's also very respectful so uh yeah it's not a problem it's just something that's not for me now but i saw this it was a comedian i, I can't take any credit for this and and i i find this very interesting isn't it odd though like alcohol is the only the only thing if if i told you yeah i stopped eating red meat you'd be like all right if i right. told you i stopped drinking milk you'd be like all right I tell you, if I stopped drinking alcohol. People are like, oh, right, are, yeah. you okay? are you okay? Yeah. And like people still uh, like uh, I'll find some non-alcoholic beers just because it is nice to have a beer like after mowing the lawn or after a hockey game, you know, and uh, it's a taste and, thing at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's more of a habit kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so, yeah, people do kind of they have questions. They're like, well, what happened? Right. Like there must have been some big thing that happened. Did you? Right get a DUI or something like that. And it was like, no, it's just, it was just a, a, a turning point in my life where I knew that in order to progress forward as a human being, it's just, I needed to stop. And I did. So worked out good so far. It's not hurting your feelings, none. No, no. Um, it's, I was very lucky too, where I quit drinking during the middle of the pandemic. So it's not like I could have went out and drank with people or anything like that where because nobody was out drinking you know so um and then also my day job or i should say night job uh job i i own a commercial janitorial company here in missoula i saw that um so i work at night so i don't really get to go to the bar you know so so all these things kind of played into helping my sobriety which was nice and uh you know the biggest factor was definitely uh my partner lisa where um, she didn't have to give up drinking, but she also got pregnant at the same time. So we kind of went through it together. So it was kind of nice. So I had a lot of support. So it was nice. So, so, so for you, uh, day drinking had an entirely different meaning. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, that's how I got my kicks. That's for sure. <laughs> like, you, like you really had no other, no other choice in the matter, but at those times, but that's, you know, it's cool that you were able to, to figure out like, nah, I'm good. Like, I, I don't, I don't need this. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was enlightening and it was very nice to see all the support from people too. Um, a lot of my close friends, uh, were very supportive. So I appreciate that. All right. So, so I guess was the book. So that's, I guess I want to figure out the timeline and all this. So, right. So, so, cause you had a lot of shit go on yeah, all at yes. once. So, yeah. So I, so, so where does the, the stopping drinking fall into the whole timeline? Sure. So um, I got sober in May of 2020. Um, oh, shit. Right after. It was, right after. Yeah. Started. Yeah, exactly. And it was, you know, um, 
couple of days before my partner's birthday. And so I had been kind of writing the book throughout that time. Um, and then once I got sober, it kind of was a good focus thing for me. So I, I get sober in May, uh, June comes around and that's when my mom passes away. July, two weeks later, my son is born. And then I want to say a week later, week and a half later, we bought our house, which is a whole other story. I'm so, more. I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah. The book sounds great. <laughs> I'm really curious about the house situation. Yeah. So let me tell you. So um, the Missoula market right now is one of those um, Zoom cities that happened during the pandemic, where everyone from the West Coast and the big cities wanted to get the hell out of Dodge, so they needed a cool place to go. So they needed. They wanted a town that was like San Francisco or Portland or Seattle, and Missoula is like that. So Missoula is a very college friendly town. So people, I'm, I'm making faces, folks, right now. Oh, sure. <laughs> Wait a second. I'm making faces. Did you just say that Missoula, Montana, is a cool like San Francisco place? Yes, it's it's a very. Um, it started off back um, like a, you know in the 70s and 80s as a very hippie town. It was where it was like an Austin, Texas, back in the day, or a, like like in Portland, and unfortunately. Um, it's becoming exactly what Austin and Portland's like now, where really it's becoming very gentrified. It's becoming all the rich people are moving in and kicking out all the weirdos. And it's it's kind of losing its flavor and its vibe. And it's a really kind of sad thing to watch. So our housing market's insane. It's crazy. But unfortunately, the the secret's out on Montana where it's a great place to live. Um, there's Bozeman, Mont Montana, which is um, home to a ton of celebrities and um uh, billionaires <laughs> so so montana is becoming a very popular state to move to so you buying a house in Missoula business is very laws. tough you guys have like great business tax laws yeah yeah we have a um it's a red state so it's very um business uh friendly um and being a small business owner myself uh there's a lot of benefits to that so uh it's definitely not something i complain about but um yeah like i've run so, into people who are like I've, I've run into people because I have an RV. My wife and I, we like to use our RV and we've run into people with Montana plates. And I'm like, oh, I got family out there. And they're like, yeah, we don't actually live in Montana. We mm -hmm. uh, we just kind of register out everything. I even ran into somebody who told me that their parents got them. And I can't remember who told me it. So this is good. We're safe because my memory sucks. Their parents rent their address to people oh so that they can say like oh this is my residency or this is my business residency in montana and and will rent this address and so people can get the breaks in montana yeah yeah i mean there's there's a ways around everything so yeah, that's uh, if you're good at, if you're savvy at that you might as well might as well do it i guess <laughs> can't blame you for that so, so t tell everybody why I'm so infatuated with the house. I'm, I'm really, I don't know the whole story. I'm very right. infatuated with that. So, um, so anyways, yeah. So that the housing market's insane. So, um, just even putting an offer in on a house, um, is a, is a competition. So, uh, my partner, Lisa and I have been trying for a couple months to find a place and we finally find this place. That's, um, perfect. And we're like, all right, great. So we put in an offer. We don't hear for two weeks, which is or like a week, which is really odd. Um, and then we get a call saying we got it. I'm like, oh, great. 
so uh, I play hockey with um, a bunch of cops. And so uh, one of them is a detective and I called him up and I was like, hey, can you just do, uh, you know, a search on that neighborhood just to see if there's no weirdos or anything like that? He's like, yep, no problem. I can do that. So, uh, you know, 10 minutes later, he calls back and he's like, dude, that neighborhood's fine. Looks great. Your house, though, you have an issue with. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, oh, my God, what, what happened? So um, uh, a few weeks prior, my house uh, now was uh, raided by uh, a conglomerate of Oregon, California, Montana, and FBI uh, law enforcement. Um, at two in the morning, the silent tanks rolled up, um, bust through the windows, uh, smoke bombs, all the shit that you can think of that to raid a house. And they um, extracted the owners from the house uh, peacefully with no uh, injury. But uh, uh, apparently these two um, are uh, allegedly, since they're still in trial right now, um, were part of a uh, double homicide in California. Oh shit! Um, and these two people were found on the side of the road by a, uh, I believe, a, uh, a snowplow driver. Oh wow! Uh, so and somehow they tied them back uh, to here in Missoula. Uh, so hence why California, Oregon, Idaho, Montana were all working together on this this uh, arrest, this bust. So so um, so needless to say, they 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 kind of busted some shit around the house, <laughs> and so like. All the doors had to be replaced. The windows had to be replaced. Um, so, you know, when my buddy told me, uh, if you're going to put an offer on the house, just make sure everything's replaced. And wow. So, so, yeah. So it's like, um, so, you know, I talked to my partner, Lisa, about it. I'm like, well, how do you feel about that news? And we both kind of looked at each other like, so? Who cares? Like, they were living here. Doesn't mean anything bad happened in this house. Right. It doesn't mean it was how in do the we house. Help? Right. Right. And at the time we were living in a house that was like 120 years old. So it's like, can you imagine all the crazy things that happened in that old right. house? Like, so, so that's, uh, so needless to say that made kind of negotiations hard <laughs> during the house process because, uh, the owners being incarcerated and, right. uh, and, um, uh, I believe they're, uh, the, the, the conduit we were using their lawyer or, uh, the parents or something were in Israel. So there's like a 12 hour gap between negotiation and stuff and uh, oh, that's and eventually crazier. we got it done yeah yeah so that was the story of the the crazy house that got raided by the fbi so that's... so they they set the bar really low for our, our neighbors where we can be uh, uh yeah like no no, no one's up no one's upset at you no uh, no yeah for, we for forget to shovel the walk yeah yeah exactly yeah, that, so yeah that's... so that's that happened a week after um uh, well, we moved into the house a week after my son was born in July. So, yeah. Wow. So all this happened within six months. This is pretty wild. That that's a uh, six month head spinner right there. Yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, um, looking back on it, there was like, it's almost like a like a fever dream. You know, you don't really realize all the things that happened because you just kind of kept rolling with it. You know, so. Um, had a lot of support, a lot of good people, and my partner Lisa was uh, was awesome with uh, keeping I, us in track. That's wild, bro. You know, and that's always you know you bring up a great point when you're like, who knows what's going on in people's houses before? It, it's one of those kind of things that that old saying, if the walls could talk, you know, right? Like, and you, 
like, do you know how, how long before I'm curious of this whole thing, how long before they, they showed up and raided the whole house, had they been living like, what's the time frame? Like they committed these murders like in January and they were there in February. Like, like what was the. Right. So, so I'm guessing if, um, I'm not too sure exactly, but I'm guessing if a snowplow driver found these bodies, um, that was probably sometime in the winter before. And, uh, um, and they were raided in um, June. So, um, so it's probably about a six month gap, I would say. Um, wow. But they, the reason they raided the house uh, was because they knew they were armed to the teeth, and so they, um, which they did. They I, apparently they found a lot of weapons in this house. So, um, so they they did it smart. They did it fast, and it just goes to show you can be armed to the hilt and still get cut off guard so yeah look unless you unless you've got rotating uh sentinels and you know you're you're going full bore you ain't winning. yeah you know yeah you know you could remember waco happened for a reason and they were armed to the teeth yes yeah exactly <laughs> that, that didn't end up well for everyone so. yeah tell, tell me how that ended up for for those folks that were armed to the teeth yeah they they still they still lost. So, so all this goes on, and and you're writing this book throughout this right. entire process. Yeah. Um, I've always found, and I've talked to so many writers. Every one of them's got a process. I always mention I've got a book that I can't finish. Some are like, "Oh, I'll do a page a day." Uh, one, she's great. She's like, use the Google Voice uh, to talk about the book, and then that'll write it down for you, and then you don't have to worry about it. All these different elements. What ended up being the process for you? Uh, yeah. Um, so, like I said, I, I have a night job. Um, and depending on what night I'm working, I get home between 1230 and 2 a.m., somewhere around there. Um, and, you know, just like any shift of work, um, usually a little wired after you get home. So, right. um, so I had enough um, energy and um kind of uh, brain power to to start writing so it's kind of had this idea um as soon as the pandemic kind of started was uh i started getting into uh, you know like uh, crime fiction novels and here in missoula um a big writer uh was head of the uh writing school here uh, named james kremley and he's one of my inspirations pretty well uh known uh uh you know, private eye detective novel. Oh, like a legit uh, PI. Yeah. Uh, well, he was a novelist, but that, oh, was okay. kind of his, that was his genre. And uh, so I started reading his stuff, getting really into it. And during the, when the pandemic hit, you know, I was kind of thinking like, how would this change that kind of landscape? You know, so say someone goes missing. Like, how do you find someone missing when everything's locked down? You know, and then uh, then I kind of snowballed off that. Uh, so every night I'd come home and just kind of knock out a couple scenes or a couple bits of dialogue between people. And it eventually did kind of just snowball into this, this kind of monster that needed to be edited down and uh, <laughs> trimmed out a little bit. Looked so like war, looked like war and peace. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it still is. It's a, it's a massive book and it's something that if, uh, if I didn't publish myself, I'm sure would have been uh, slashed back and forth in terms of cutting it down. But um, I figured 
you only get one shot at this. So I might as well do it the way I wanted to do it. So I left everything in. So now, now you bring up the, the that you published it yourself. And the name of the book, folks, is The Middle of the End. It is on Amazon. I looked it up myself. Uh, it's uh, not a bit. It was like 13 bucks on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, and if you have bucks, a yeah. Kindle Unlimited, it'll come right up on Kindle Unlimited as, as one of the free books you can read on Kindle Unlimited. But I think stop being a cheap bastard and just pay the $13 <laughs> for the book. I know all the money that you spend on ridiculous things, you can spend the $13 on that book. I know you can. Yep. So you you go out and is it I don't want to give the book away, but sure. can we like can you set the scenario for this? I mean, are we talking COVID or are we talking outbreak? Um, so it's it's kind of ominous, you know, because uh so the book starts off uh with uh the main character, Sonny, and he's kind of gone funny enough through the same stuff that I have in my life, you know. Um uh he's recently divorced. He's starting over. He's um recently sober as well and kind of lost in life. And he kind of gets he gets sucked into this um this kind of adventure to go find this missing girl, uh someone that's close to him. And um so having really no kind of meaning in life and being shut down with the pandemic um he sets out to go do this and um so in in my book um our world is kind of ramped up to 11 a little bit you know where um you know the authoritarian kind of feeling of being locked down is ramped up uh the ominous uh feeling of you know maybe conspiracy is around a, a little bit more higher um so it is, it's definitely a ramped up world, um, but it's also kind of leading towards um, something that's um, big that's going to happen. Um, so like in the book, uh, this doesn't give anything away, but, you know, there's just random forest fires that just start everywhere. And they're, they all seem to be kind of coordinated. And then there's, you know, a bunch of other things that kind of start to happen that um, never really get explained, but it's, it kind of sets that tone of, there's something bigger out there than all of us that's happening. And I think that kind of played into a lot of what was kind of happening in our world. People were very freaked out about uh, everything at that time. You know, it wasn't just COVID, but it was about how am I going to teach my kids at home? How am I going to get, you know, will I have a job tomorrow? You know, and so it kind of all uh, builds into this, panic and fear and it kind of plays into that a little bit on how people would react if things were ramped up a little higher than it was in our world so and then on top of that you got to cross borders you got to find you got to get to other states without getting noticed and uh, because everything's locked down they don't want people going state to state just like it was in our world you know they wanted to keep covid contained and contained the best they could yeah exactly so you know it's it's, a, it's an adventure story. You know, it's it's someone going from A to B and uh, trying to figure out uh, what the hell's going on. And kind of a fun, it was a fun thing to write and I hope uh, people enjoy reading it. I, I don't mean to go back to this, but it's, again, it's like we said, when you tell people you get sober, it's like, is everything okay? Right. Um, <laughs> but you made kind of an interesting statement about um, getting sober and feeling uh, almost lost or disconnected 
Like, what do I do with my time? Is that something that you were experiencing when, when you first did, you were kind of like, normally you would spend my time here doing this. Now I've got to fill this. Is that something you felt? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I kind of heard it explained to me by someone else that um, during the pandemic, it was kind of like we were all kind of stuck in the first phases of uh, grief, right? We were all in denial or we were all angry. And so um, that's kind of where I was even without the pandemic, you know? So it was kind of uh, weird to see everyone else going through what I was going through at the time in terms of, you know, just trying to get my life back on track and trying to uh, deal with all these tragedies that were happening in my life that had nothing to do with COVID. Uh, so it was, yeah, it was very cathartic to write this book because a lot of uh, my own personal experiences did go into this. So you're, you're spot on. That's, it was a, it was a, definitely a um, replacement for alcohol. That's for sure. <laughs> to, it's, it's to get the, to get this out. Yeah. Well, I, I, I have, I'm good with analogies, but a lot of times people are like, I didn't, I never saw that one. So what it reminds me of when you say you got sober, have you ever heard the story of uh, when samurais were banned in Japan? No. Oh. So when the samurai was banned in Japan after the last shogun and the emperor of Japan took back over and was basically was allowed to get out of his palace, um, which guess what, folks, if you didn't know it, Japan still has a royal family. There's one for you that people don't realize. Hmm. Um, the princess just married a, a commoner, and it was like this big thing because she gave up all of her stuff. Uh, but what what ended up happening was all these samurais were told they couldn't be samurais anymore, and it's actually considered as one of the most creative and most – uh, influential times in Japanese history because you had all these people that spent all day honing a craft to be a samurai who couldn't do it anymore because it was legally not allowed. They could be put to death. So a lot of them became doctors, became writers, became painters. They became very creative people to fill that space. So it's interesting. You had alcohol that was filling a space that now you turn around and went, yeah, I'll, I'll fill that with my creativity and my writing. I, I wonder how many of us, you know, like they say, you know, whiskey was invented to keep the Irish from taking over. So, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it definitely freed up a lot of time. That's for dang sure. Um, but it's also um, helped me reflect a lot on um, what I found what was important. And so. Um, you know, I just had really, um, started to really get serious with my partner, Lisa, who, uh, had a daughter from a previous marriage. So I had become a father quickly <laughs> to, uh, to, uh, to a little girl who it was two when I met her and now she's five. So, um, and then having my own son, uh, with Lisa. And so it made me really put things in perspective of what was important. And that's just was no longer one that was i spent so many years enjoying the hell out of booze and that's okay i had a great time with it and now it's <laughs> now it's time to move on you know so booze and i had a great party time we yeah, were doing yeah. good together we were fine 
I wasn't mad at booze. Booze wasn't mad at me. We were doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what it was like. And then, and then uh, I had to give the dear John letter of saying, you know, we're done. So dear, dear booze. Yeah. I will so miss it's, you. Yeah. <laughs> tell, tell, tell Johnny Walker and Jack Daniels. I'll see them later. And their pet yeah. wild turkey. I'll miss you guys. Old yeah. grandpa, you were always special to me. But I'm going to be leaving Bailey's now and headed on out. Don't let, make sure Tito knows he can have the car. The end. Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. good. That was pretty yeah, good. I think the, I hit them all. Yeah. Off to the land of uh, LaCroix and, yeah. and uh, whatever else can fill that gap of fizziness. You know, yeah, that's the gotta, biggest I, thing is get those seltzer water in. Oh, are you a seltzer water guy? Yeah, that's it's like the big, the best replacement for any kind of feeling of alcohol. It's you know it's what it is fizziness, for me? sweet tea, sweet tea. Yeah, yeah, that's a. Um, I don't know if you watch the Sopranos at all. I used uh, to. Yeah, there was a uh, Christopher Maltesante gets sober on that, and they give him shit all the time because he's constantly eating sweets. Apparently, that's a thing with recovering. Uh, any kind of addict is they, they turn to sugar. And so that's, Which, it's addictive. It's, it has, yeah. it's addictive. Well, I think exactly. we, we can get into a whole thing on, on addiction and opinions. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people that are recovering. And I think what, not to sound like a horrible human, but the downside to people recovering is they let everyone know. Yeah. And they're happy about it, and I understand that right. fact. But so many people can't get it into their head that they're like, "Yeah, we got it. You recovered. Great. Appreciate you. Right. You don't need to tell me." Exactly, and that's that's a fine line, right? Where um, that's why I was so really kind of thankful when my friends were like, "Yeah, man, we get it. That's fine." And yeah. so, and then it would kind of the subject was ended. You know, I was like, "Oh, great. All right, that's nice." And so, but you know, it's almost like people who start going back to the gym and they're taking the selfies and and it's kind of like this reassurance thing too i've it's been like, sober for seven months great. look at my arms <laughs> yeah, i've exactly. been sober for eight years i'm a bastard look at me oh it's like yeah okay so now you're addicted to the gym which is fine it's a right. much healthier addiction but let's not get this twisted right you just swap things out good right. plan but you swap shit out exactly yeah. and i'd i'd be uh, a hypocrite if I said I didn't do some of the same shit when I first started getting sober too, where it was kind of like, hey, everyone, look at me, you know, look <laughs> like, at me. I but, can do um, it. You suck. Yeah. But it was nice. I did get some really nice messages of people saying they struggle with it too. So it was kind of nice to be able to let people know like, Hey, if I can do it, shit, anyone can do it. So that was yeah. nice. So, so you poured yourself into this book. How, like you said, pre COVID you were writing this thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what was, how long has this book been in the works? Um, it was just, I would say, boy, when COVID really hit was like in March, March of 2020. Um, it was probably at the beginning of that year where, um, that's when I first started really reading, um, James Crumley and Jim Harrison, who's the author of Legend of the Falls, uh, who was oh. also a Mon Montana based, uh, authors, um, so I really started getting into that. And uh, the biggest advantage I have when it comes to uh, my writing style and how I want to write is my job. Um, 
I'm, I'm a janitor. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing, for the most part, mindless work, right? So I don't have to think real hard. So I listen to books all night. So I'm constantly just devouring books. And so I, I get these ideas. I get, uh, I get uh, influenced by people's writing styles and how they go about with plot and just language. So uh, I, I just devour audible books and podcasts. So um, there's a hundred episodes of this one. This is episode yeah. <laughs> 101. You got a hundred of these to listen to. I can I just do. eat up all kinds of time. Yeah, and they're, they're 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 really good. I will say that your, your show is very, it's very um, relaxed, which is nice. Uh, there doesn't seem to be um, uh, this kind of move it along, move it along, move it along kind of thing. You know, it's it's just a, just a conversation. So I like well, that about it. Well, I I have to dime I I dimed myself out before the show, and thank you for those kind words, Nathan. I dimed myself out to Nathan before the show, and I'm going to dime myself <laughs> out to anyone who's been a guest. Other than probably the first five or six. Uh, and this reminds me, you just reminded me of something. We're about midway through here, folks. Um, go on to my page, go on to our network page, the Earplug Podcast Network. Um, the Podfather, who is a big influence on me, a, a good buddy of mine, Herb, who helped me put this show together, helped me to know how to do things with StreamYard, When I go and do live events, he he's mentored me through it. He's the kind of guy that I could pick up the phone right now and I could go, Hey, I think I had a, a bad show or I think I had a great show or, or this is what I think about my show. What could I have done? Most times he'll tell me, shut up. Your show was fine. Don't, what are you, the hell are you worried about? But he also will reach out and say, look at what you're doing. Like I was playing with our logo. Have you tried to do like, do you have a, a logo for, for, uh, and folks, if you really want to find him and you really want to start stalk Nathan, look up goosebeerblog.com. We're going to get into this goose thing in a moment because yeah. it has to do with Tim Miller, who was on our show that introduced me and Nathan. There's a whole goose thing I want to know about Montana. Um, but the Podfather's having some medical stuff going on, folks. If you follow him online, he, he's got it. He's had some blood clots in his legs. He's had them in his arms now. He It's really made it tough for work. He hasn't been doing his show. Um, I don't normally solicit stuff like this, but this is somebody who, if you are enjoying this show and you're enjoying what we're doing here, he's why he's a big influence on this. The guy's been podcasting for 12 years. This is what he does. Um, go on to the earplug podcast network page or I'll re resend it on my page. He's got to go fund me. Um, it's to the point like with the medical bills that my man is selling off collections. Uh, are you, you kind of a geek there, Nathan? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love he's got, that. he's selling off an inbox star Wars ad at, um, from 2010, Ooh. uh, Toys R Us exclusive that normally goes for fifteen hundred for a thousand dollars because he's got medical yeah. stuff. He's got, but yeah. this is an example of like this is serious, folks. We could lose the Podfather, and I don't, I don't know how well I do on this show without him. He's uh right. he's that big of an influence. So there's my my pitch for the Podfather. But did you've had all these writer influences? That was my podcast influence, right? Yeah, and that's that's one of those things that uh, it kind of helps you fight that uh, imposter 
syndrome too, you know, where um, it kind of validates what you're doing. Uh, you know, like, like, uh, I don't know if you watch Mad Men, uh, but I Don, Don Draper at the very beginning says uh, advertising is, is a billboard out there that's reassuring that whatever you're doing is okay. And because sometimes that's just what we need is we just need someone like your podfather who, who's like, yeah, man, this is great. And whatever you're doing is, is fine. You're doing a great job. So if, when you lose something like that, it's very difficult. Yeah. So, so go, go. So we got to get in this. So you, you also blog. Yes. Yes. And, and that blog folks, if you want to go check it out, subscribe, is there a way to subscribe to the blog on there? Uh, not yet, no. So we're working on that. So yeah, so it's goosebearblog.com, which is um, a, a goofy name, but uh, there's a story it's behind not, it. It's not a goofy name. You can tell me the story in a minute. <laughs> I need to ask. Because Tim did this shit to me. For those of you who know Tim Miller, uh, he was a great guest, comedian. Go go follow Tim on on uh, Instagram. It's uh, Darth, St- Darth Steak, if I remember right. That's right, yeah. On Instagram. Go follow him. Make sure you come follow us. Um, he like randomly at the start of his show, I'm like, hey, man, so what are you doing? Getting ready to go to my sister's house. Oh, yeah. What are you going to do? Eat a goose. <laughs> Fuck you say? Eat a goose. <laughs> and I'm like, ha ha. I was laughing like you were like, ha. He's like, no, I'm going to go eat a goose. I'm like, this isn't, this can't be real. This, what is going on in Montana? So have you, first off, I'm okay. With, I'm a hunter. I don't, I don't, I don't foul hunt. I've gone a right. couple of times. I enjoyed it. Just, I don't have a boat. I don't, I'm not buying decoys and I don't have nobody else to go with. Right. If y'all want to take me foul hunting, I have my waders. I have cold water waders. We're golden. We can make this shit happen. I got a Mossberg three and a half inch. We're golden. There have you, go. you eaten a goose? I have eaten a goose. Yeah. It was one of those, uh, those random, my, my uncle's a, a uh, he did that uh he did that turdur- turducken oh the turducken uh, yeah so he did that with a goose and so that's i think Wait that's the that. only time i've ever had a goose what did he what did he do so i think it was turkey goose and then chicken i believe oh that's it. all stuffed within each other so yeah so i think that was the only time i've ever had goose turgookin turgookin yeah <laughs> yeah because he yeah he's, he's never one to follow the rules so it's he's always got to spice it up I did the turducken one time. I made one. Like you could buy yeah. them in the grocery store, and it was like already set up, and you just throw it in. It was me. Yeah, yeah. I was. I wasn't like. Still very- yeah, I was like where people were like, "This is amazing." Oh, I can't. I'm like, eh. Like yeah. I just could. I couldn't get into it. Yeah. It Sometimes if it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. How about that? <laughs> Cru- <laughs> cruise. Cruzy says it's the inception of meat. It, you could yeah, be absolutely correct. That's pretty like, good. Like it, it could be the inception of meat. Uh, so we're 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 getting into this process, and I think that's the biggest thing. And I always like to ask writers about this. Like you said, hey, I would come home every day and write a couple of pages. But was there ever like a process? When I say process, I mean like, okay, I have to sit down. The water has to be 45 degrees to my right. My pen has to be at a 90 degree angle to my left. My keyboard must have 0.0 dust on it. And I must at all times have the black album from uh, D- or Dark Side of the Moon playing right. from uh, Pink Floyd. 
Like what, like what was it for you? So I, 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 I'm very sporadic when it came to, I'll say inspiration. Right. So, um, I, it was always usually after work, but I never really had a, like you said, like that kind of very strict model down. Um, the one thing I did have with that was when I was editing it. Um, that was when I was like, all right, no noise, headphones in the social network soundtrack playing in my head. Um, that's when I tried to zone things out the most, because that's when I felt like I needed to concentrate the most. Um, when I'm writing, it's just kind of, it's just coming and it's going and I'm just trying to get everything on the page the most I can. Um, and that's when the work starts is when I'm editing. So, um, but no, I, I love just being able to sit down and be like, all right, what the, the hell am I going to write now? All right, let's go for it. <laughs> and it's very intimidating, but it's also, um, it's one of those ones that if you think too hard on it, it becomes harder. So you just, you just gotta let go and just do it. Now for, for you, for writing now, is this your first book? Yeah. So, well, I've, I've written, um, short stories, uh, stuff in the past, but this is the first one that I felt like deserved to be out there. And, um, against, like I was saying with that imposter syndrome, um, it was one of those things that's like, shit, you only live once, just go for it. Let's do it. If nobody likes it. Who cares? At least right. I got out there and I did it, you know? And, um, so I had a friend of mine, uh, Jake Sorch, uh, edit the book for me, do some, uh, some, a look through it. And then once he was done with that, we got it onto Amazon and got it out there. So, uh, it was, it was a, a good process to do it. Now, now for, for you, you're editing your own words, which I think is very interesting. I, I think I'd rather hand it off to somebody and go, Hey, edit this for me. Because I, I feel like, yeah. I don't want to take like I can still remember being in school and a teacher, you know, one of those like creative writing projects and teachers like, well, you should remove this or add that. In. And it, I always felt like, how dare you tell me my creative process? How dare you? Like, yeah. how do you do that to yourself and, and actually take things out that at the moment you were like, no, these are important. Right. I had a um, so my friend Jake, who did uh, edit the book for State me. Farm. Um, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's doing well. Yeah. You haven't seen him in a while, but <laughs> he, uh, yeah. Um, he, he did a good job of throwing in little suggestions, I'll say, um, about how maybe someone who else who's different might be reading the book might interpret something differently. And I'd say, Oh, stuff you didn't realize. Like, okay, I can see how someone might misinterpret that. Um, but, uh, my biggest, uh, sounding board was my sister. Um, so, Whenever I, I wrote something new, I'd email it to her and she'd write back, good, not good. <laughs> Here's confusing. <laughs> that. Yeah, exactly. Good, so, not good. You suck. <laughs> pretty much. Mom loves yeah, me was, more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She was very blunt about it. So it's good to have honest people, you know, honest people who are, who are willing to tell you um, this isn't good or this is confusing. Uh, but yeah. Uh, you always think you're not going to feel that way when someone criticizes your work, but it's very hard to be like, like you said, like, how dare you? Like, right. This is, it's my life's work. Right. You know, like, I've poured my soul into this writing. How dare exactly. you say to me, it is not enough for you. I smite you. Yeah. Yeah. You want to, you definitely want to. And it's, uh, uh, 
as long as they, you know it comes from a good place, but still it hurts. It does hurt. Right. No, no matter what. Like I'm telling you, I've got five. I have my old computer, which I still have the charger for. There's about five to seven chapters of an amazing horror book in there. Someday, as I always talk about this book, somebody will come along and go, Murph, just tell me the book. We'll write it together. You don't have to do it. Because I don't want to fuck. Like, I can't. I could tell you the story. I could tell you the story. It's compelling. Right. It's like, it's like that's badass. Um, and, and you would go, I would watch that movie. Like, it, it's right. that level in my head. The movie in my head is amazing. Like, fuck, if you could get in here, like, do some John Malkovich shit, you'd be like, this is amazing. But um, it's at that point. But I'm really – I wouldn't say I'm scared to to have somebody else hear it because I'm really kind of like, I don't give a shit what you think of it. That'd be cool. Like, how cool would it be if, like, somebody – like, when somebody finally realizes how amazing the middle of the end is, and that's why right. you should all go by the middle of the end. Yes. And, go check it and, out. Help this man not have to be a janitor. <laughs> it's not so a bad I, gig. No, look, I had, so I do staffing in my day oh, job. Okay. Right. And I had this conversation today with a new employee. I said, I'm going to tell you, I was going through some resumes and somebody had like, um, we have some companies out here that are similar to yours, but they're franchised like Janatronic, Jan, Jam Pro. Oh, okay. um, there's another one called Night Riders, which is like K N I G H T. Oh, phenomenal man. companies great people i've talked to most of them and i always say if you get somebody who does that work i did that work in high school uh with my neighbor cleaning banks um hmm. and, and not in that way folks like i actually right. cleaning, <laughs> cleaning uh, out dump, banks yeah, yeah trash <laughs> and, all that. and i tell people all the time like you get somebody who does that work they work like yeah. that is and it's hard to get them to do any other fields yeah. Like that's, that's their field. Like, it's not like the guy who's like, well, I work in a warehouse, but I want to be a forklift operator or I'm going to go over and do this. It's more like, no, I'll, I'll, I do building maintenance. I'm a, I clean. Yeah. Like, do you have a job that does that? And I'm always like, they're hard to get a hold of because there's people that that's what they do. And once they're in those jobs, they're in them. That's it. They, mm -hmm. They're some of my favorite, favorite people to work with. Uh, Nate, Nate says, uh, Sean wrote it. It's going to be George Lucas quality work. Nathan, thank you, brother. I I'm telling you, I, let me tell you this. I've told this story. Let me tell you the story. I'm going to tell you, you tell me what you think. Maybe I can get Patrick. Okay. We can get Patrick, my other Montana connection. There Here's go. what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. I've got it all figured out. You ready? Yep. We're going full Montana on this shit. <laughs> instead of full Mont, instead of full Monty, we're going full yeah. Montana. Full Montana, exactly. Full Montana on the whole thing. So we'll film it in Billings. There you go. Because I got family in Billings. Patrick will direct it. There you go. Because he did all the Redgate stuff, which is getting a awards now. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Um, I was amazed too because when he when he did his interview with us, I love Patrick, but we picked on him because it looked like he was like hiding. He was in somebody's base basement, <laughs> and like at any minute, um, uh, he was gonna be like, I was gonna hear somebody scream or run past with like a gag on and like save me. Yeah. Uh, uh. Oh look, Nate was actually talking to Patrick yesterday. Nate loved Nate loved it. He was all about it. Nate's a good buddy of mine. Uh, I had to get you on Nate's show too. Oh, that's great. Um, but uh. And you and I 
can write it. I'll tell you there the you story. Go. It's amazing. It's called Umbra. Umbra. Okay. And it's and it's perfect for Patrick because it takes place because of a, a New York State prison. Oh, perfect. I actually thought about doing seriously because you may look. We're folks. If you're still hanging with us right now, we're going to flesh out an entire maybe another podcast here. <laughs> I actually thought about doing it as a podcast, telling the story as a podcast. Yeah. Okay. Because because there's a couple of story podcasts like that, but the story is basically about um, this father and son, and uh, two of the dad's buddies who go out hunting on Seneca Army Base in New York. And if you know anything about Seneca Army Base, it was one of the bases that got closed during the BRAC, Base Relocation and Closure Act, in the early 90s. It was closed. Okay. Um, but what it's also known for is the Seneca white deer. So there was there's an entire population of all white deer that are not albinos on this base. Wow. Um, yeah. So what it was is uh, there was one white deer. It was a, it was a mutation. The base CO during the second world war said nobody could kill this thing. It kept breeding and it kept breeding and they're not piebald. Uh, oh. And for those who aren't hunters, piebald just means it's brown and white. Right. Um, these are all white. They're not albino. They do not have pink eyes. So they just kept growing and growing in population. Well, after they closed the base, New York state stepped in and took a section of the base at 700 acres. And they put um, the New York state maximum security prison on, in there. Uh, and they have like serial killers and people like that are held in this place. Oh yeah. So in my head, are you ready? You with ready? Me? So my story is that a secret government, it's gotta be a secret government organization. I don't yes. care if I don't care if everyone knows about them, but basically <laughs> they investigate paranormal things. So if somebody says, Hey, my granddaddy's ring has a ghost in it. And if you put it on, it does this. Mm. They're going to go, they're going to take granddaddy's ring and they're going to test it. But the way they test it is they take inmates from the prison and they offer them a reduction in their sentence. Oh, okay. To test these items. And if, Hey, if, if it, nothing happens, you had a, a two year sentence, you're now down to a year and a half. And if you tell anybody about it, we're going to deal with you. And the other side to it is, is if the thing is real, it's probably not going to work out for you. Right. So, um, the Umbra, Oh, Patrick, Patrick Cutler wants to come back on the movie and see in serious. I would, I would watch it. Um, so the whole story is, is that these, this dad and his son and his two buddies are hunting on the base that's Brack that's part of this. Well, this one thing, the Umbra, that they thought was inert and didn't work, was hibernating in the sky, waiting oh, for okay. its opportunity to take. And it feeds off of anxiety. Not fear. Right. Not, not happiness, but anxiety. Because if you think about our world now, everybody's like, I've got anxiety. I've yes. got angina. So it feeds off of anxiety. Right. And I what like it that. does, it's different. And it feeds yeah. off of this anxiety and it causes you to like become panicky and I got to get out of here. And that's where it all kicks off. And it's all about this thing moving 
And it's all about this government organization who's been doing these testing, trying to get it back and contain it. But some of the twists in it is the father's son has Asperger's and is very high functioning. Mm-hmm. Like he can't handle social cues, but he's right. perfectly fine to go out and hunt and do all those kind of things. But it's social cues. So there's that element to it. And there's the buddies. Um, that would be like. So that's my that's the base, and there's two other books. I got a I got a I'm gonna tell you right now. I got a werewolf story that'll blow the roof off the entire werewolf world. You know these things happen in cycles. You know, like remember how big zombies were like oh yeah ten years ago. So I you just got to get that werewolf book written, and then when the werewolves come back around, it's ready to go. And there's your billion dollar idea right there. Well, it's part of this whole. It's it's a three book series. It's, there you go. It's the Umbra. It's the werewolves. Chupacabra. Ooh, there you go. Nobody does Chupacabra. Nobody does Chupacabra. No. How great is Chupacabra? It's um, Mexican, isn't it? Right? Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's Mexican. Yeah. My Chupacabra is an entire pack of them. There you go. How great is yeah, so, so it's like a it's like a spooky suicide squad. I like that. There you go. Yeah. There you, you know, go. Making these, making these inmates do maybe some sketchy things to... Spook squad. Get there, yeah. There you go. I like it. There see, you go. It's proven. But see now, you're intrigued, aren't you? Yeah. You want to. You want to know all about it. But you know what I want to know all about? What's that? The middle of the end. Yeah, it's. Very good. Very <laughs> you good. like that? You like how I rolled yeah. that in there? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. The. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Crazy uh, says goats don't think they're very great. They don't. Goats don't like chupacabra. No. And nobody touches chup. Nobody does chupacabra. I think it'd be great. I have an entire chupacabra story about like it's great. I wonder if it's just hard to say, so people stay away from it. You know, they don't know how to pronounce it. Maybe you need like a a nickname for it or something. I don't know, like Squatch, almost. You know, Chuba. Yeah. There you go. Call the whole book Chuba. <laughs> That's good. I don't think anyone's Chuba. ever said that. I wouldn't call ever. it Chuba because who knows what people what aisle that would end up in. Yes. Uh, what you got yeah. there? I got a I got a little Chuba. <laughs> yeah. Got my whole stack of Chuba here. <laughs> got a whole stack of Chubas right here. Want to see my Chuba? That's yeah. a whole different story. So uh just you know, so the book is out there. It's self-published. Um yes. Any, you know, and I, and I don't know how this goes when you self-publish, so you have to help me out here a little bit. Any, you know, getting ready to do any book tours? Got anything coming up with uh, uh right stores? Yeah, anything? Um, nothing like that yet. We're just kind of um, doing the self-promotion. You know, um, I'm hoping it just kind of starts as a uh, something that someone has in their hand, and um, I always try to encourage people if they can give it away. You know, like that's what I like to do with most of my books. I read them. I'm not a big repeat kind of guy. When I read books, oh. I like to read it and then hand it off to someone else. And I'd love to have that kind of be where it starts. And then, um, you know, I, I'm still still writing. The blog is um, kind of the, um, I'm hoping the the engine behind every, all this, where people can go to it, find new stuff all the time. Um, and then also, you know, the the new projects that we're working on. Uh, everything will go on there and that's what will be our hope and people Sequel? can start to share 
Uh, not, not necessarily a sequel that I'm working on. It's it's more one about my hometown, um, which is Butte, Montana, which I don't know if you know anything about. I've heard of Butte. Butte. Yeah. So Butte, um, if, you, if, you're, if you're famous from Butte, you probably did something pretty badass in your life where the two biggest people to come out of Butte are uh, Evil Knievel and uh, Rob O'Neill, the, the Navy SEAL operator who killed. Oh, he was from Butte? Yeah. Right. Born and raised. So um those are that's a very high standard bar <laughs> yeah that's like set. yeah so that's uh so it's kind of set in that town where um and again in kind of a alternate history now can other than going on to the amazon side any other place that we can find the book other than goose bear like is there a way i can order it off a goose bear blog uh yeah so the the goose bear blog will have a um, link to amazon so okay. Um, so if you just want to go straight there, there's a uh, just go to middle of the end tab up to at the up top there and um, go there. And and the the thing with the blog that we always wanted to um, kind of get going is I I want people to contribute. If you got a short story, if you have a poem, if you have something that you feel like you want to write that is important to you, you want to showcase it on the blog. Um, because again, it's it's one of those big things. I want to get past that. Um, you don't need to go to a four year school and a graduate program to be a writer. You know, you anyone can do it, and as long as you're passionate about it, get it out there. And um, that's the biggest thing I want people to. And now, now there's a platform for it. So send it to me. Go to goosebearblog.com. Send it to us, and we'll post it. So. It's like sticker in a cause, but it's with blogs. Yeah. Yeah. See? Like fictional stories, uh, non-fictional stories. My aunt did one about uh, when they went and bought a uh, a buffalo hide for a teepee. You know, like, how does that work? You know, how, where do you buy one of those? You know, so it's just kind of a, a fun short story about uh, something random. So when you said you're Native like American, your family's like legit. Like no shit yeah. Native American. Yeah. Okay. So... Yeah, so we we uh, we hail from the Chippewa Cree, which is uh, northern Montana, Canada, ish region. Mama was a Chippewa, huh? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. am I. Yes. Yeah, song. there you go. There's a song. It's a song. <laughs> no, I don't yes, know. it is. There's a there's a country music song. Um, and he he says something like, uh, "Mama was a Chippewa, and so am I." Yeah. What the hell song is that? That's Tim a song. McGraw? Is it Tim McGraw one? I think. Like I don't like, like I don't know country music in any way, salt, shape, or form. Now you got me thinking, uh, Nate. If you're still out there, figure it out. Mama was a, was a Chippewa. Let's see if Nate's got it for me already. He would. Oh uh, yeah, you would love the un- unearthing the supernatural guys. Uh, those guys are are amazing. Uh, let's see if I found it. Uh, yeah, it's Tim McGraw, Indian Outlaw. There you go. Yeah. Yep. I vaguely yeah. remember someone making fun of me about that in high school. <laughs> See, Cruzzy was with me. Sounds like a country country. It is. Yeah. I just remember that line. Like, Mama was a Chippewa, so am I. So look That's at right. that. Tim McGraw wrote a song about you, Nathan. How does that make That's you right. feel? I, I like I like Tim. He's a he's like a pseudo Montana resident now. So he's oh, is he like one of those guys? He likes he, the tax uh, breaks also. He's in that new um, Yellowstone movie. Or TV show. On I haven't Paramount. even watched that. I haven't even watched. So that's it's like the biggest TV show on TV. It's insane. I had no idea Yellowstone was so popular. I, um, I didn't either till recently. Um, 
we can get in TV shows for a minute. I will announce that I am so excited. In my list of top shows, um, Justified hmm. is like it's it. Justified kind of runs neck and neck with Snowfall, but I kind of put Justified a little bit above it. And if you have you watched Snowfall yet? Uh, I haven't watched Snowfall, but I've seen Justified. Bro. And that's that's a Elmore Leonard. Like I've read all those books. And that's Montana, that's, right? He's that's Montana. That's perfect. He? I, I don't think so, but he, he's right in that genre. That's that's right in my wheelhouse, man. I love it. Oh um, yeah. So that's who Justified's based on. Um but they're doing a mini series with uh Timothy Olafant's character, and it's all he's in the city, which is oh, interesting nice. to me. Because if you watch the first episode, he's in Miami and right. with, with the mobster. And the guy's like, what are you going to do there, country boy? You ain't going to do nothing. And he's like counting him down. And finally, the guy's like, goes to pull his gun. and He just blows him away. Yeah. I love Timothy Oliphant's character in that. Like, yeah, uh, he is the epitome of all of it. And what's even funnier is that I can't think of the actor's name who played the uh, antagonist on that one. Oh, um was it Walter Gobbins or Gibbons or something like that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which he's gone on to do things that are like, so not that character. Yes. Yeah. He's scary. That show. He's, well, he, he's, he really that. is. But then he plays uh, a dra- He plays a uh, transvestite hooker in um, sons of anarchy. Oh, Okay. He plays the other vice principal in the show Vice Principals. That's a great show. That's a that's like, a great so show. That guy's one of like from an actor standpoint, you just look at him and you're like, you just can play just about damn near anything. Yeah. And he looks yeah, like my awesome. buddy Keith. My buddy Keith Larry looks yeah. like my buddy Keith looks like the Wish version. Like if you bought <laughs> if you bought him from Wish, he, he would yeah. look like Keith. Comes in this really small package. You're like, that doesn't fit. That's not yeah. supposed to be in there. Yeah, that's not supposed to work that way. And then yeah. you meet Keith and you're like, Keith, you're amazingly funny and you're very diverse and you kind of look like this guy. And Keith's from Kentucky also. There you go. So it, it all that's it cool. all fits in. So we can order the book. I want to say this one more time from goosebearblog.com. Yes. We can write our stories and we can send them to goosebearblog.com. Absolutely. Uh, Nathan's going to harass me to get you onto his show. I know Nathan. And you'll like talking to Nathan. Good. He's not. He he's a good dude. He's not as entertaining as me, but he's a good dude. We love. But who him. is right? Yeah. I mean, really, who is? <laughs> uh, we'll get you on the Nathan show so you can talk on Nathan show. Um, any way to get an autographed copy of the book? Um, if if someone really wants one, um, I have copies here, and I can send you one. There we um, go. Yeah, it's uh, that that goes against. I had someone ask me that one time. I I got away. Uh, Someone, I, I told people how to, you know, to give away the book. And they're like, well, you signed it. I'm not going to give it away. I'm like, well, that's a good point. All right. So, yeah. Uh, that's so, yeah. Someone wants, yeah. So, if someone wants an autograph one, just contact us at the blog and we'll sh- shoot you one. There you go, folks. So, you can, you can get an, you heard it here on the Above the Bar podcast. You can get an autographed copy of the middle of the end before the movie is made. And you can say you have an original copy before the movie came out signed by the writer while right. he was still willing to communicate with other human beings. <laughs> yeah, you have a before, copy. Yeah. Before, before I retreat to the mountains before he, right before he goes fully mountain man and says, yeah, 
I can't talk to you people. I'm a writer. That's right. So this has been fun, brother. I hope you enjoyed yourself. You'll lie no. to me anyway and tell me you did, which I appreciate no, that. Great. You know, false motivation is still better than mo- no motivation at all. I'll take it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Look no, at agreed. Like, yeah, fuck time. this show. Um, <laughs> I love it. So um, as always, folks, we're going to we're gonna get ready to close the bar up. It's about that time. Uh, I want you to go on to goosebearblog.com. Check out all of Nathan's stuff. I want you to go to the middle of the end. Make sure you get a copy of it. It's on Amazon. It's on his his site. I want you to go on to Instagram, and I want you to look up Nathan uh, Trezelia. I'm going to fuck this up every <laughs> Tre- time. I got Tre- it right before the show. You did. You did. That was good. Trezolino. Tre- Nathan Trezolino. Tre- look him up on uh, Instagram. It'll come up. He'll, you'll see him, uh, his partner, I guess not wife, partner. Um, yeah. and his beautiful children, uh, standing there, and it's actually a pretty good black and white picture. I liked it. Um, oh, thank you, appreciate that. So you'll see those things. So make sure you start following him there. If you're on LinkedIn, it's the exact same name. Make sure you connect with him for if you're out in the Montana area and you need you need somebody to take care of all your uh cleaning services to make your place look as good as it should. Even uh once the once the lights go out, he is on Facebook. Uh, Nathan Trezilio, uh, on on facebook you know he may i don't know i'm gonna tell you this is becoming more and more of a thing i'm seeing uh that face people in a professional nature kind of go my facebook is for me not for Mm. my my craft um yeah like i i a writer i love steve orlando he's a great guy and i've met him many times he's a comic book writer um steve I went to go. I was like, I'll send you. We're friends on Facebook. I'll just send you a message. I'll set you up on the show. He's like, no. I was like, what? He goes, I do no business over there. Mm. And I'm like, yeah. But I, but he's also. I okay, keep in mind, this is a guy at like in his craft. He's at a very high level, right? But I, f- I find that very interesting. Where I'm like, you know what? At first, I was like, dude. Um, and then I really thought it. I was like, you know what? I respect that completely. I get it. You know. Yeah. When I when I'm with my family. You can call my phone. I'm not answering you. Like, yeah, leave me be. But now I get it. So we have all these places we can find you. And obviously, folks, if you're listening, if you if you found us through Nathan, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Twitch, all or the Above the Bar podcast. Our Twitter is at Above the Bar Four. Make sure you please follow us. And on top of that. Tomorrow at uh, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, the only time that really makes any sense. All the rest of you, I don't get, I don't get it. Like, just don't get <laughs> it's it. tough. It's, it's it's tough on me. Um, but at 7 a.m., this will go out on Eastern Standard Time. So those of you, as you get further, you'll actually get it earlier than all the rest of your your friends. Yes, Nathan, I do always answer you. You're not in that realm, brother. You're different. You're special. You're just special, Nathan. Uh, my Nathan, not you, Nathan. It's a different right. Nathan. I'm talking to another Nathan, Nathan, uh, Hardister. Uh, but we'll, we'll send that and I'll send you a copy of it. A uh, couple of real quick things as I get ready to close out. We've gone over 700 followers on our Instagram page. We have over a thousand followers on our Facebook page. Uh, I want to thank all of you. Um, we couldn't do this. Nathan's Nathan's book, The Middle of the End, doesn't get the attention that it deserves from our show without you guys. So I thank you. Uh, I thank Tim for introducing me to Nathan because without Tim, I don't know Nathan 
this doesn't happen. I don't get him on the show. So, so Tim, whatever bathtub you're in right now, we thank you for that. <laughs> that you're doing your comedy from a bathtub somewhere. Um, we thank you for that. Uh, things are just going good here and, and the show's rocking and rolling. So please make sure you steal someone's phone, put, put the app on their phone and make sure that they're following our show, whether they like it or not. So that every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern standard time, their phone goes, bloop, you have a new ish episode of the above the bar podcast to watch and they go what the fuck am i watching this i don't want this i don't listen to this and they just don't know how to get it off grandma we love you nathan as we do on every episode the last word belongs to you so what is and don't log off because we got to talk for a minute afterwards okay what is the last word uh keep fighting it gets better. All righty, yeah. folks. Be sure to push your stool in. This has been an Earplug Podcast presentation. Found on EarplugPodcast.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, and wherever your favorite podcasts are found.